Here's to you, dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Metal Gear Monday's Revengeance, where you find your favorite conversations around Kojima-related content and Metal Gear delivered to you through tactical podcast action. We are obviously in our Portable Ops edition, and we found him off the coast of a nuclear silo. We drug him after we tranked him, threw him in the truck, and now he seems to be drinking the MGMR Season 2 Kool-Aid back from his assignment. Chris Hampton, what's up, man? Yo, how's it going? I'm back from the uh, Big Shell incident. <laughs> huh? B- the Big Shell? Yeah. What? The Big Shell? Yeah. Um, I, w- I cannot remember what he says. Why can't I think of what Ryden says in that moment? <laughs> the Shadow Moses incident? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Something stupid yeah. like that? We're like, we get it, bro. Basically, j- just repeat it back with a question mark at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, proper Metal Gear protagonist That's concept. good dialogue, baby. <laughs> yes. And of course, our... You know what? I think it's a compliment when I say this, but Uh-oh. our basically our right-hand soldier... Our Jonathan. Oh, yeah, that's Tori Cortez. That is such a compliment. Oh, my my boy Jonathan. Uh, listen, I thought I had something clever to say <laughs> <laughs> leading up to this. I threw but, you off with the Jonathan, y- like he always does. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very flattered. That's nice. Uh, glad to have my uh, my big boss back though, because I'm not gonna lie, we were we were all in a bit of disarray without you, and the mess hall just. It, you know, there were food fights left and right. The medical team was just laying down on the job. I mean, we really needed you back. It's a real mess. What? I'm the big boss of this outfit? What? Oh, God. Well, that's the way, that's the way Warren set it up. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, yeah, that's what I'm going for. If that's true, we're in worse trouble than we realize. I'm the Roy Campbell in this situation because I won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? I'm the I'm the monkey from Metal Gear Solid Four with the narc cola. Hell yeah, hell and, yeah, and cigarettes. That's me. That's my whole. Beautiful. That's my whole vibe. Now, I can't wait till we get the MGS Four. I that. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys privately off off the mic, but I for you listeners out there, <clears throat> when I was a but a young preteen and a nerdling of Metal Gear Solid. I frequented a forum that was not about Metal Gear Solid, I might add. It was about some other shit, some anime and some other games, I guess, in general. Uh, But I frequented this forum under the usernames, first Emma Emmerich and Avatars as well, and then The Boss. And The Boss, I felt great about, obviously that was the right choice, but MGS2, the more I look back on it, why didn't I opt to be queen? Why didn't I go for fortune? I don't want to judge you, but yeah, I don't <laughs> get it. Because she, not only, okay, so for, fortune is is just fucking fantastic. Um, but even she's got a badass, like, theme about her. Her whole, like, lethal outlook on life, like, she just don't give a fuck. Fuck yeah, man. Is, like, the best thing. It's, like, really great. Like it makes for such a good character, right? I guess I guess fortune is uh, uh, fortune was wife goals, not life goals, I suppose. Because mm. because uh, wrong with that. I I secretly wish to be a fortune, but let's face it, guys, I'm probably more of an Emma Emmerich at heart. E E E E E. She signed it. E E. We get it out of con. You have a sister we never knew about, retcon and baby. I always thought that was an E.E. E. Cummings reference. You could be right. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. We could make it canon right now. Like we could, you know, we could make it real. Um, hold on. Just be like, oh I'm my editing God, the Metal e. Gear e. Solid 2 Wikipedia page right now. Warren, did you make those those typing noises intentionally? Of course I did. I was, <laughs> okay. editing, I was editing the wiki. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Okay, great. Well, I'm editing those clicks out. How you like me now? It was for the joke. It was for the joke. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Terrible third rate C plus (laughs) jokes that I drop for everyone to hear. I I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I get sad and and just sort of accept 
very quickly when someone's like, I don't agree. And I'm like, you know what? I also <laughs> uh, don't agree. Oh, no. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's just because my job is telling people what to do. So I think I don't like my personal life feeling the same way. Oh, well, that's that's nice. That'd be too much. It'd be too much of a, of a complex. I think my head's big enough as it is. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Too. Hats are really hard to find when you have a big head. <laughs> yeah. Got a little Dutch in me. You know what I mean? It's just a big old... <laughs> Noggin up Dutch. there. Is that, is that a Dutch thing? Dutch. I have no idea. I'm just dropping. So I want someone to look it up and be like, you know, actually, uh, Dutch they tend to have uh, average to medium sized heads. Look, the only Dutch that I know is Red Dead Redemption 2. And if if that's the case, then you just, we need a little bit more money. Well, here's what I'll tell you Dutch is also from Predator. Yeah. So that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's yeah. character. I got, got a plan. So. We just need Jesus. a little more money. <laughs> Isn't it always? We just need a little bit more I money. Just need some time. <laughs> yeah, actually, Dutch man. Chris, that's a great segue into our next bit, um, where Ooh. we we um, subliminally make you guys, the listeners, think it's a good idea to give us money. Mm. Yeah. Done. Shill, shill, shill. Go for it. <laughs> Patreon's the best, y'all. And the patrons are like the literally the fucking best. Like I talk to them more than most people now. Yeah. At this point. Um, for real. And they're certainly fun to talk to. So I will give it that. And we just streamed we're streaming movies. We're streaming games. Apparently today was getting done, potentially later mm. tonight from our conversation. So we're just trying to find a bunch of different ways to make it fun for patrons. Um, and sort of worth your while rather than just being, you know, your everyday listener. So one of those perks is that we give you a random shout out. Oh, yeah. And now I believe Tori, she I saw her. T she took like 10 minutes. It was crazy. She has this whole apparatus <laughs> in the background there to select the patron. It's it's bananas. It's, it's, it actually is going to take about four minutes to get the selection. How long it takes. It's to uh, it's one of those um, bingo. Uh ball like oh yeah roller just the things. Bingo ball yeah 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 um so, so our, everybody mgm get your bingo cards out yep get them ready every, we're gonna do our random patron shout does out. everybody have markers you'll have markers anybody need markers out there i have yeah i have my stamper i'm ready okay great this week's patron that we appreciate i just realized last week i said this week's patron of the week and i'm trying not to fall into that trap again Mm -hmm. Look at y'all, yeah. Sure. You, well, it is. You guys uh, actually... We're ready to stand. Yeah, you have your markers. <laughs> this is this is incredible. I hope everybody at home is, too. This week's patient that... Patient. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Take three. Take three. Here we go. This week's patron that we'd like to appreciate is none other than Dragonhide. Bow, 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 bow. He wasn't on my car. Damn it. Oh, Bingo. I got, I have like, Bingo, yeah, I had, baby. I had five dragon, no, four dragon hides and a free space. And the bonus. Yeah. And the free space. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, dragon, uh, dragon hide. You are the man. He was the guy that did our trivia stuff. So I want to make sure he gets. The yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, Not only that, but, um, pretty vocal and chill got to hang out with in the discord. Uh, today he and a couple other, uh, patrons just kicked it with me while I, while I streamed crash bandicoot. The OG Crash Bandicoot. Nice. So, um, yeah, there there are a few regulars that jump into pretty much any stream that's happening in there, and Dragonhide is one of them. So, we appreciate you hanging out. We appreciate you chatting with us. Um, we appreciate you supporting us financially, <laughs> most importantly. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So yeah, thanks, dude. Oh wait, right. right. Yeah, sorry. Oh, and how long? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, Dragonhide has been with us for a whole year now, which it feels like he's Patreon birthday. Hell yeah! Ooh. It feels like you've been with us forever, Dragonhide. Honestly. Yeah, that's true. I honestly was sort of shocked. I was like, "Wow, only a year!" But he's made an impact, so it doesn't matter. It's quality, not quantity. That's right. We appreciate you, Dragonhide. You're the man. All right. Well, Chris, is there anything you want to sort of chat up before we roll in here? Because this is going to be a boss heavy ep. So there's not going to be much. There's going to be something to talk about, obviously. But again, we had some chats about pacing uh, in the last episode. So 
Chris, would you want to catch us up before, since you were off the last episode? Um, Anything else you want to bring up? Well, uh, yeah, I guess I I could talk about um, the ancestor of the former Patriots kicker, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Scraw, Ronski. I think, Scraw-konsky. sorry, uh, sorry, Chris, I think yep. you mean uh, Kyle Brovlovsky. Uh, uh, Skaronski, Swarinski, Swarinski. Colonel, Colonel Skaronski. This, yes. this week in Chris like Butcher's Russian. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Colonel dude, he's pretty badass. Right? Yeah. That's true. He's like some haggard old man. I really aspire to be that one day. Oh, you already are, Chris. Oh, thanks, guys. You're, you're well on your way, sir. <laughs> Outside of the Russian pronunciations, you're well on your way. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, give me another gin and tonic and I'll get there. <laughs> there we go. Get you real smoky by the end of the shift here. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I kind of I kind of felt for this guy a little, his plight the whole situation where he's, he's been displaced and he feels like stabbed in the back and betrayed by his men, betrayed by his country. And he's just sort of a, a lost soldier on the battlefield that really vibes with a lot of the messaging that big boss will later use sure. as, as like his rallying flag, you know? Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. my little head cannon is like big boss, like has a memory of this guy. And he's like, you know, this is the soldier that I'm kind of fighting for. Sure. I think so, too. I really do. I think for such a small piece, I do think he Mm -hmm. makes more of an impact than one would think. Yeah, and this game is so, like, this is just another point, illustration of how well-written the characters in this game are. Mm -hmm. Like, Right. Each one is memorable, including the the big boss we're going to talk about today, right? The big, yeah, big so boss. Yeah, we have, we have oh. yeah, I'd say one is pretty big mm-hmm. deal, and then the other one is a pretty great boss for this for this game. Right. Um, and we'll get there, which I'm looking forward to. And I liked it, so when we get to it, so yeah, so I guess this will be our segue corner with Warren. It's your segue with Warren. Yeah. Cue it here. We talked a lot about, yeah, last, um, last ep, we the pacing we had like some good moments that were like wow this this felt like a great sort of evolution of gameplay i think it was the town we were really excited about like this really opened up the game but as far as the story if it felt like a lot of go get this bring this here then we had the explosives which was great but again at this point we were like man we are multiple episodes into talking and we still haven't had a boss fight which feels really odd because they're building up multiple people that you would have thought we would have fought one of them by now Mm. and i guess when we get to the end of this episode we'll figure out if we liked it but to have two boss fights essentially back to back um and i won't spoil the game but this may happen more than once um just how they did it i i I haven't decided yet if i like the pacing of it but i think after this episode the pacing feels great when we get to it so Let's just say previously. On Metal Gear Solid. Oh my God, that's literally never happened. Ops. I know. Previously, well, because I tried to like stinger it with like, oh, we don't know who this uh, this ghost character is. And he has started to catch us up on Metal Gear Raja, which we don't know it's Raja yet, but we know that there is a prototype Metal Gear and that it is basically going to use nuclear warheads. We don't know much else about it at that point, but it's just a shell at the moment. It does not does not have, it's not armed with the nuclear warheads yet. So we grab our intel and we find out the intel will lead us to the security base. And that's how we're going to get the location of the nuclear warheads. Now, as far as the security base itself, like I said, getting a little samey. Uh, we definitely talked about that a ton as far as like the color design and things like that. But I did like the, I put like, there was a lot of really long hallways. So it was kind of the first one to really have that. And 
when you find your way in the back, I did think there was a good amount of guards. Like it felt like it was sort of upping the difficulty even further than when we talked about the town and, and these other previous pa like places. Uh, but basically we find our little red square and it gets us to the comms area. We find a secret dock and we find out about where the warheads are, which will eventually lead us to nuclear storage. Now, as far as this area, like I said, I know it's not necessarily uh, something you got to write home about. Do we have any thoughts on this little particular area of gameplay? I'm not going to lie. Speaking of all the samey vibes, I can't really remember this to stand out against a lot of the uh, other maps that we've been through. Uh, can you can you remind me sort of what it looks like? I would love to do that if I also could remember. <laughs> well. So what I do know about it is, so like again, this we like I said, I I, oh. I, there, I will per I will perfectly say when something does stand out, and I'll get to another area. So the security base, it basically was you have you walk down and you had the ability to go through like a left or right with very long corridors and you could see above you and like see that they had like guards in there mm -hmm. but you it's pretty obvious the way that it's designed they want you to just walk through the long hallway get all the way to the back and that's how you get in without being seen like it it, it felt like it was almost done on purpose like you also can sneak like to remind you i guess like i don't know if it was a game design thing but again it it felt like a lot of the other maps. It didn't feel special in regards for being newly introduced. Let's put it that way. So, which is unfortunate, but it's still crucial to the story because now we know we have to make our way to um, nuclear storage because we know where it is now. So we make our way, drive our little truck. Um, this one I thought was pretty cool because you, you have like, this is a map we actually sort of hit a lot like as we later in the game, we'll, we'll kind of be in this opening area for a little bit. But this one, you have to keep going down. Like you keep, there's like long ramps that take you down. And you have to eventually get from like layer to layer, level to level. And I made a note, it kind of reminded me of the lab in the Resident Evil games and specifically Resident Evil 2 and 3. I think it's called The Hive. I don't know if that's just the movie universe. But when you think about them at the end of the games, it, it looked a lot like that, just not stark white. It had like that. That great gray, brown, green color that we see oh so often <laughs> in this particular game. Mm -hmm. um, we make our way to the storage room, which I do think has a pretty cool looking like security alarm system. It's basically to ensure that we use our our um, infrared goggles so you can see when they're up, where they're up, where while still being able to sort of hide from the guards. Uh, I thought I was being clever. I found like a ladder in the back and climbed up and thought I was going to get a better vantage. And then as I started to clear the room, I realized that's the only where like place to go. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that kind of bumped me out a little bit. I was like, oh, so this is just this is just a linear room. Um, but we clear the room. Can't find any nukes. Uh, still nothing there, but we can go further down. And as we keep going down, we find sort of, I guess it looks like a, like a power station or a comm station, something that has a lot going on with a breaker. And Roy basically says, like, yeah, we can just blow this shit up. And that'll probably knock half the power out to this whole, you know, base or this facility. And it might slow it down so we can intercept where the warheads are, or at least find out where they are, because they probably have, like, a backup. So we'll know exactly where they are. We blow up. We press our little button. It goes to that dope cutscene, like the dope artwork. And he's pulling a joker. He's pressing the button. Nothing's working. Click, 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 click. And... We meet uh, officially face to face. We meet Python. Um, before we do a quick Python chat, yep. Is this another? Do you guys? How'd you guys feel about the design of this particular nuclear storage place? I mean, it was fresh compared to everything that came before it, so I suppose I appreciated it for that. Um, sure. Again, there was—I don't know—there was nothing really that stood out about it for me. I can remember this one better than the security base, but um, yeah, it was just, it was corridors and ramps and <laughs> yeah. Yep. The architecture is very <laughs> limited, so it's just generally not worth noting throughout the game, right. I think. Um, Unfortunately. Lots of tan, beige, gray, green, 
military camo scheme in a dry, arid landscape. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the palette of San Geronimo. Yeah. When I go to Home Depot to like set it up, I actually <laughs> ask for the San Geronimo like palette. Where's the to really just make it real hearthy? San Geronimo is like next to the like concrete, but behind yeah. like <laughs> it's a it's it's all only primer colors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, so again, so we meet Python face to face, I say, because we personally have all met Python prior. Um, I got to say, this guy is pretty fucking cool. Um, so we learn in this cutscene that they have a past. So he knows Python, like by name, calls him Python. Uh, they know each other from previous battle and what makes him so special in a sense is he had something something happen to him in battle to the point where he can't regulate his body temperature it will consistently and constantly rise and he cannot control it he cannot cool himself down through through his own biological means so he wears a liquid nitrogen sort of suit that helps regulate his body temperature which is why, when we talked about it with Skaronsky, why he could grab the gun and freeze it and things like mm -hmm. that. So he has that, and he can weaponize it as well, which is pretty fucking cool, if I'm being honest. That's a, a very it's a new twist on a boss we haven't had in a Metal Gear game before. Um, it sort of it felt fresh, and I did like that he was a soldier that boss knew, and I did love his whole. You know, I, I did wet works for the CIA consistently so that I would make sure I was a top assassin mm -hmm. for when I finally fucking met you Oof. again. Oof. You know what I mean? Like, that shit felt cool. Like, I, I was like, okay, like, this is pretty fucking dope. Sends a little shiver down Dude. your spine. Ah, play on words. Um, let's talk about this fight. Wait, but... I want to... But one more thing. Oh, go ahead. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one more. <clears throat> I have another dumb joke. Are you guys ready? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but did anybody else, honestly, though, did anybody else kept uh, keep expecting to hear some sort of Mr. Freeze quip come out of this guy? Yes. Batman's Mr. Freeze? Yes. So I didn't, but I was surprised. So by him, him being called Python was weird to me. Um like, why the snake name? I don't know anybody else that has a snake name other than Snake. When it came to CIA, like, why Python? And I could see maybe it's like, oh, well, they called him that after the fact. Like, after they wanted to get Big Boss back. Because he does kind of say, I wanted to, like, I want to find you. But he knew he knew him as Python prior. Mm -hmm. Like, he's been calling him Python for a long time. Um, unfortunately, no. I don't think anybody's going to hit the level of uh, freeze puns as... Uh, well, Arnold I, did I back in the day. Wouldn't say nobody. <laughs> True. I might. I might throw um, a couple in before the end of this episode. You never know. Jesus, who knows? What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> there is a supercut out there, y'all. If you want to look it up, just do freeze pun supercut. It'll be there. It's terribly amazing. Let's put it that way. Some of them are actually terrible puns. Some are not even puns. So just be ready for that if you're going to choose that. There's some uh, MGMR homework for you guys. So let's talk about this fight. So before this fight starts, he sort of, I guess, empties the suit in a sense. So he starts to cool off the room and he like loads it up. He's got like, he's like the best fucking Halloween spirit story you've ever had. It's all fucking foggy in there, like perfectly fogged. Um, does make for a pretty dope backdrop as far as an arena. Um, and it, I do like that you're visiting places you were previously as you were traveling down to fight him. So I thought that as far as a boss design was pretty dope. Um, how was your strategies? Because I feel like mine was a tad different. I mean, I think Tori and I did the same thing, right? Like, right. Shotgun Willie. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know i will say uh through my playthrough of this game the boss fights aren't particularly difficult uh sure even on the higher difficulties they're all kind of the same they move the same they hit the same react the same way uh which is fine i think 
given that it's smaller and I'm playing it in the mindset of a smaller screen, but not necessarily like I like, you know, I'm playing in 4k on a big TV, but that's not how this game was mm-hmm. made to be played. So I, I get right. that it's, it's like a weird experience. So yeah, the Python fight, I just use that M870. That's it. You hit him like with yeah. that and like, you can keep him knocked down. He won't be able to get up. Yeah, that's the big thing that I was surprised with, but you can actually like knock the bosses over. Yeah. Like they're just dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just another guy. You know, they might have special powers in a sense, but they're just regular ass dudes. So if you hit them with a shotgun, even with armor, they're mm-hmm. gonna drop. And I was like, fuck, you can kind of stun lock this guy, can't well, you? Well, correct me if I'm wrong. It appears to be the sense. But if you just do non lethal takedowns, you can recruit them right which i did do for not for everyone but i did do for python, python because i was able to i got python by the end i he's good you know i don't know if it's like oh my god dude this is how you break the game <laughs> um but he was a little easier because i i the first time i played it um i didn't really it was just story so i can get the notes together right so i was kind of like using the the ramp like up and down so I would like, as I would be about to turn the corner, I could use the game's camera to like see him on his way up. And I would just like, hello, shoot him with a shotgun, <laughs> watch him fall, rinse and repeat. And I could just like kind of clip that. But on second time, I was like, let me just try. And trust me, I didn't win on all of these. But um, in that main room, you can sort of like stay by those pillars and just wait for him to, you can get close. He'll like swing at you mm-hmm. and you could just like step away. And he has like a second. So if you're good at like just pulling the gun up and firing with the Mark 22, you're pretty good. Like you could cheese them pretty comfortably with that too. It just takes longer. Um, and I'll throw another fun thing in there when we can, but Tori, how about you? Anything special outside, <clears throat> outside of being Chuck and Willie? Um, I don't know. Uh, I do. I do have one thing to say to start out with. No matter what anyone tells you, Bane, it really is the size of your gun that counts. <laughs> Wow. That almost went into that almost went into uh um what do you what's his name? Uh the guy the guy who's in uh Mandalorian with the voice. You're talking about Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, thank you. God. Yes. Uh it went Would a little Werner Herzog for a second. But, Celebrate. But that's so good. I love Werner Herzog. I just thought that was an appropriate quote to lead in. Uh because it's not bad. Because, yeah, uh, I used primarily the uh, shotgun, and I think once I ran out of ammo for the shotgun, I just finished him off with an AK. Um, Yeah, other than that, I just thought the arena was stunning. I loved the liquid nitrogen fog all over the warehouse. Um, Visually pleasing and obviously advantageous for us. And Warren, I kind of shared your strategy um, for the first time and just kind of ran him around the warehouse. And I would wait for him. I'd run far ahead, wait for him to get to a point and just, as he's coming through the door, get him and run away and start over. Oh, yeah. Did you guys, did anybody have an issue where he froze your equipment? Yeah. Like once or twice. Too close to him or anything? Yeah. He got you? He got me a few times with that spray that, that... and did you know how to thaw yourself out? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> there nope. is there appa- uh, apparently um cuz I I found it like after the fact when I cuz I like I said first time playing I kind of went through a guide just so I could make sure I had enough in front of me. Um but there is a room with the pillars, the one I was talking about where you can sort of hide behind. Um those pillars, you can hug a wall. You can hug those pillars and they are like the power source so they generate heat and you can melt mm. your gear so you can re- you can still use it during the fight and it's how you can sort of like you know keep the fight going if you wanted to um another fun thing did you guys know and i don't know if this is like common knowledge but i was a little surprised like you can fight him with not snake even after the cuts yeah <laughs> like you could i love that you, i like i chose to fight him as jonathan like just for a little well, bit, just I'll, I'll tell you why I you knew. <laughs> um, I had to, on almost every boss battle, I had to pretty much exhaust my alpha team. 
as, oh, damn, as frustrating sure. as that is. <laughs> but yeah, so I knew that uh, from the start of boss battles that you could <laughs> you could play as your supporting hey, team members. Nothing wrong with that. It worked though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so we beat Python. Um, pretty good first fu- first boss fight though. I, I thought he was. He definitely felt less cheese than like the pain, like we've talked about, or some of the mm-hmm. other first bosses, your Ocelots, your Olga. Um, so I, I appreciated that. And I did sort of like his uh, his little send off because he basically is like, yeah, you beat me. So I, I I serve no purpose. This was what I wanted. I just want to get the fuck out of here. If I can't kill you, then I, I'm done. Like My mission is over. Mm-hmm. And he sort of just like pulls the cord like pulls out the liquid nitrogen so he's just eventually just going to die from heat and you know implode i guess explode in his own body um pretty cool uh banter though between them it's, it's a little cheesy um a little schmaltzy but uh i did like the whole uh you know snake sort of i just i like that they had a pass and it wasn't like it was just another guy doing wet works that would naturally be there because he literally was like yeah i signed up with the cia so clearly they're going to throw him you know, with Fox. Fox is the fucking the dirty group. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense that he was there regardless and had a history with Snake. So, uh, but pretty cool. I was a little bummed that he was just sort of like there and gone, technically. Even if you, like, if you obviously, you know, Mark 22 him, you still get the same cutscene, but you just keep him. So, yeah. Um, I thought, but anytime, yeah, sorry to interrupt, Warren. Any- no, no, you're fine. Uh, anytime that a character or a foe, I suppose, of snakes is primarily motivated by either besting him in battle or, you know, proving that that was never possible, either they're going to defeat snake or they're, they're going to die. I don't know why, but that, that is an extremely pleasing, uh, character background for me. And I know it might be played in this series a little bit, but I just, in terms of, "Quote unquote villainy." Uh, I I always appreciate those antagonists that don't. They're not really fighting for somebody else's orders. They're there because they really want to have it out with Snake. They just want to duel yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. They're re- and it they're builds true. the history that we don't get to know. Yeah, well, I think you're right, Tori. They're like true soldiers, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's like their calling is the battlefield. With the and that's what it's all about with Snake. Usually the big bad of the game. Right. And we'll eventually get to the big bad of this game. Yeah. Eventually. Um, so yeah, so we beat Python. And of course, since none of that worked, uh, oh, I guess I guess it would be fun to say, the reason why we couldn't ignite what we wanted, he basically flash, flash froze the bomb. And he just like throws it on the ground like it's a paperweight. Now he's like, this is useless. <laughs> um, but we learned that the warheads are clearly not at the warehouse. Um, we, we basically, you know, turn it, turn it inside out. And uh, we're just assuming they're headed towards wherever the Metal Gear is now then. Mm-hmm. We don't really have any other leads. Um, which then leads us to, again, <clears throat> we get intel, our common grabbing intel missions. And if we go to the security base, it brings us to the airport. Um, we're looking for a high-ranking official that should know something about Metal Gear. So this is sort of the first time that, again, we have talked about where the game sort of asks you, you got to do something specific. So now you have to actually, like, hold up and interrogate someone to grab information. You can't just pick it up off a table or whatever. Um, pretty smart. It's a, a new new sort of game gameplay loop you could add to your arsenal if you weren't doing it already. Um, as far as the map itself, I like the airport in a sense. It's very big, a lot of like cargo containers, lots of guards. Um, and I think it's pretty interesting. I got really excited when I was playing this map because there was like, a. I think there was like 10 doors. It looked like just like so many different places you could like peek into Mm -hmm. and, and like climb around and crawl behind. But then as soon as you open one of the doors, you learn that it's just a giant hangar. So every door takes you to the same giant room. Oh, that's just right. Just in a different place. I remember this place. Like, it was fine, but you could basically wait till the guard sort of walked by like door three and then go open door three and get behind him instead of like running through the door in front of him. So it, it was fine. But I 
I really got excited <laughs> when I was here. Like, oh shit, because there's a lot of cool stuff. Like you can check, you can hide behind the containers, you can crawl behind stuff, under stuff. And there's like some staircases. So there's a lot of places to sort of grab like Intel and, you know, look at the map from pretty high vantage to see what's going on. But as far as like getting there, it's literally just walk to a door, open the door, continue through the giant hangar, walk through another door and you're there. So it just, it ended up bumming me out a little bit, if I'm being honest. Um, but you make way towards the back of the building and you learn that there is a stairwell to the comms room and you find a guy wearing a suit who looks clearly no, nothing like anybody else. He's literally in a suit and, uh, you need to, you know, basically hold him up, interrogate him. And then it kind of takes you to like, not a cut scene, but it takes you to like dialogue. And, um, he sort of lets us know where the weapon silo is and it's east of the ravine. And what's really funny before I finish, but we can just walk on out of there and we head on over to the silo. Uh, as far as the airport, even a, even a line or anything. Anybody feel the same way as me? Because I got pretty excited and let down pretty quickly when it came to this map. Uh, before before I, I get to that, can I can I pose another question because of something that you just mentioned? Uh, sure. uh, were there any times that you guys especially at the beginning, I suppose, uh, obtained your mission objective. And when Roy was like, okay, get back to the truck, you were prepared to like finish out that mission by getting back to the truck. And then it was, oh, nope, that's, okay. we're, we're done. All right, we're done. Was, yeah. was that jarring for <laughs> either of you at first or were you just like, cool? Yeah, I'm constantly surprised at the jarring moments of this game just in like mm -hmm. how short and bite-sized everything is. It, it seems to do this quite often. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I'm, I totally agree. I myself, I think there were one or two situations where I was doing poorly before obtaining that, that goal or before achi achieving that mess. Oh my God. <sighs> I'm totally going to edit this out. There were <laughs> there were a few times where I was really in a hot mess just before achieving the goal of the mission. And I went, whoo, okay, back to the truck it is. All right. But other times I thought it could have lent a little bit of, I don't know, just a little bit more of a challenge if, if you could go and achieve your goal goal and also get back to the truck without you know either without being spotted or without causing too much more chaos i totally agree i was a little surprised by it but sometimes especially on the second playthrough it was kind of welcomed i was like fuck yeah yeah let's get through the shit let's get moving well um, as far as your original question um i don't think i really had uh the inclination to feel disappointed by any of this because I started out <laughs> so frustrated. Oh. So <laughs> at that yeah. point, at that point I was really just like, okay, whatever, whatever I have to do to get this game done, whatever. Um, for, sure. for those of you who may have forgotten or haven't heard yet, uh, I had to start this game a total of four times. I think I lost, mm. Oh, maybe it was three. Whatever, whichever the case, I lost multiple save files due to reasons that I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. By the time I got here, I was just, I guess I was just relieved that I didn't have to start the game over again. So at that point, That's nothing, not nothing was that <laughs> frustrating. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I know this one. I was just again like the town really made me happy that I was like, oh shit, an airport. That's pretty fucking big. Mm -hmm. Like that's gonna be a really dope map. Um, yeah, kind of let me down in the end. But we are told we can go to the silo. So the silo, I think, did an actually pretty good job here. I think the big thing with the silo for me was that this was like the the difficulty jump as far as maps for me. So pretty big area considering I. Uh, I like the vantage points because you can. There's a lot of verticality with guards staying low, guards going up like sort of steps, guards in rooms, uh, staircases that you can see them walking around. Like you can look pretty far back, and they sort of find you. I don't know if it's necessarily difficult AI, but their their vision was certainly, at least in my, it felt like they had like a sort of an upgrade. Like if you're playing on medium, now it's hard mode mm. as far as what they notice. And I don't know if that was a design thing or just could be me just like thinking I can burn through this because the other maps 
weren't really that difficult. But this was the first time I was like, fuck, like I, I basically can't run anywhere. Like I have to fucking take my time. I have to be sneaky. This was like my first like real like fuck, 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 fuck moment. I was like, <laughs> shit, they caught me. Where the fuck do I go? Um, but I like the silo. I, this was like, it was pretty welcome. I was like, okay, cool. Like I see maybe that's why, you know, you can't have, you know, every map can be fucking incredible. You have to, you know, some of them are just to like learn a thing. So, you know, um, but I like this one a lot. I, I gotta say, I was hesitant to admit this at the time, but that was the airport for me. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> the oh, the difficulty curve really spiked for you at the airport? Yeah, well, if this is the one I'm thinking of, um, I think it was just a lot more open, and I rely on a lot of obstacles to sneak around, and this one mm -hmm. left me with fewer choices. So I had to get a little creative about, or more, maybe more observative. Um, good God observant thank you god you guys okay it's a good thing i edit the show <laughs> please keep that one in just keep that one in for me though <laughs> uh yeah i i suppose i was just feeling the challenge of having to be more observant of the guards patterns or whatever the case was maybe i was just fucking tired of playing this game at that point but it was <laughs> getting through the airport was and beyond became a little more challenging for me, I would say. Sure. What about you, Chris? You you agree with us on this? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, God, I'm looking at screens right now, and it's just... Yeah. I'm. There's so much of this area that's just a big blur because it does right? look the same. And, I, I mean, I feel like we're ragging on it, but unintentionally so you know. <laughs> well i mean that th this has to be like if we're going to pick on something it makes it tough to to sort of attack it academically mm. like we do our homework we talk about it and like i said my notes are nothing like my notes for last season because i i basically had to do a walkthrough mm -hmm. for myself because i i it's really hard for me to remember and i almost thought about doing screenshots in the notes just to give me a heads up and that I might do that for peace. Oh, that would have been um, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I might start because they're not difficult to do. I just grab them as I'm making the notes, but it is tough. Yeah. Like I, if I'm watching a walkthrough right now, you could drop it at any time and I'm like, I have no idea where we are. <laughs> I, you, I couldn't begin to tell you unless I see a truck or, you know, like a big silo thing or the big building, the town I could recognize. Like there's a few that I'd be like, Oh, that's that map. Yeah. I couldn't tell you where, like when in the game you're there. Mm -hmm based on it because there's just the art design was limited and we did rag on it like the first episode and we did talk about a decent amount in in the the you know this the succeeding episode because it is it's tough like we were trying to like remember where we were in the game because it's kind of tough to notice yeah. if i'm being honest do you guys think that's an issue of us like really crushing through it in a short amount of time or do you think that's something that people also grapple with on the PSP because maybe it's easy to put down for a long time and forget what you've done or what you've seen. See, I thought about this story and my thought is if it, if, because it all looks kind of samey, I feel like if I was playing this on the handheld and was just picking up and putting it down, whenever I would pick it up again, I would have a hard time remembering where I was based on like mm -hmm. what I was looking at in the game. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it would make it a little more difficult, but I don't know. I'd be interested to hear the argument for the other side. Mm hmm. Maybe we'll ask Ryan about that. Hmm. That's not a, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think Ryan's probably going to uh, listen to all of these episodes? Hey Ryan, just, I just want to let you know, truly, despite all of the all of the complaints we've given <laughs> truly this was an enjoyable experience and it's it's no one's fault but mine that i had to replay this mm -hmm. game intro yeah. like four different times well i think that's part of why i'm excited for as we get you know through this next bit and through future episodes is because the stuff that's good about this game is yeah. great mm -hmm. and that's what makes it like rewarding to actually attack this academically rather than just pick it up and review it like review scores are, are yeah. fine and all but I do like a, a good chunk of this. And it just like, again, I kind of, I kind of agree with Chris mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't want it to be samey, 
just because you're like you're picking it up, putting it down, there is a separate mission no matter what map you're on. So you, there should be something there, but also what like how would you make the town vibrant? You mm -hmm. don't want people to know you're there. Like right. you can't have like a blue building. Like that's not tactical. Now, mm -hmm. So as far as you, story constraints, keep it proper. Okay, well, Chris. well, I will say, in defense of the graphics, I remember also playing SOCOM on the PSP. Mm. I borrowed Ooh. when I borrowed the PSP from my friend to play this game, he gave me the SOCOM game. And I, I like those SOCOM games quite a bit. Uh, on the PS2 and the, the game on the PSP was just garbage like mm. hot garbage and if you think samey of Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops oh my god just it's the same <laughs> wooden shack and stick tree in the middle of like what looks like Gerudo Valley but low res oh man so yeah Mm. Yeah, that I, I will say, having seen the PSP hardware do other things, this is like pretty impressive. <laughs> sure, for like a oh, 3D yeah. I mean, environment, it, we have to. But that's sad. Yeah, we have to put on PSP glasses. Yeah, we have to put on yeah. PSP glasses for this. Like that's like if we when we get to the NES games mm -hmm. and we're gonna complain about like, well, yeah, the the environments are real. Uh, they don't really jump off the page. It's like it's eight bit as long. <laughs> what are you talking Word. about? But also, um, I was so there was a thread on Twitter. This may be a little off topic, but watch me circle back, guys. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, I was what reading this thread that I follow of like, uh, you know, Jeremy Parrish, Retronauts, uh, mm -hmm. and there's a Twitter account called CRT Bot, and they talk about CRT monitors and things like that. And it was a thread about how visual like graphic designers of games would design with the limitations of CRT televisions in mind. And they showed like screenshots of like, here is this pixelated image from a game on a CRT. And here it is in like a pixel perfect digital emulation setting. And the emulation setting looks like crap, but the CRT is like dark and moody and like, uh, if I can Ooh. find that thread again, I'll post it in the Discord or something so you guys can check it out. But, so, that brings me to the PSP. The PSP had, like, this little little monitor that was different than, like, most LCD screens at the time, if I remember. Because, the, the I mean, the way I'm playing it, there's an emulated way you can get your screen to look that way. Sure. Um, and if you turn that on, I've noticed a big quality difference in the environments. So I, I don't know mm -hmm. if like how you're playing the game affects how you see it too. Sure. I mean, like I said, I, I feel like I do. Um, it just sucks from an academic, like I said, coming at it third party, like trying to be as objective as possible. It's just the environments are samey. Yeah. Straight up. You know what I mean? There's not a lot you can do about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Even if you wanted to, I mean, again, it's... The game's made. The past is the past. I suppose that that also adds another challenge in the gameplay as well, though, because you might get comfortable thinking that you know the layout here because they are samey enough in their visuals, but they do kind of vary in their structure. So while you you do have the same color scheme for every single one of them, there is some variety uh, added to each map I think that threw me for a loop for example and in the insides of some of the buildings especially the buildings where scientists reside and the fact that you can't control the camera angle means that you could for example uh, run into and alert like three different scientists who call the alarm and then you're fucked uh, and yeah. <laughs> I'm not speaking from personal experience or anything but the, I, no, no way. one could not. imagine how that would be <laughs> Tor a frustrating Tori streamed most of her gameplay we can all confirm that, that definitely happened. damn it <laughs> damn okay that's fair I gotta stop streaming you guys <laughs> no please stream more I, I like being your guy in the chair that was like try this yeah and I appreciated it very much you were my walkthrough. Mm. You and yeah. you and um, somebody else. Alex was around for a chunk of it, a lot mm. of it too. Um, 
but yeah, and then you, again, we talk about like the buildings. Like obviously the buildings aren't brown. Like they have good cement color. Like I like some of the sprites or whatever you want to call it in a three D environment. The the rendering of like electronics and comm stations and desks and things like that. So they, you could tell they wanted to like put more in there. But again, story story. It's an abandoned base. Maybe it's not supposed to be so populated and lively. And it's just fucking you know exactly what needs to be made to you know achieve an exact purpose of being a silo. You know. I want to I want to like pick on it, but it, it it feels right. It's just tough to remember it perfectly <laughs> as you play through. Oh, very. Um, yeah. So outside of this place being super difficult, you find your way towards the back and you can find your objective point in your beautiful red square with a star in the middle. And we then officially meet Null, the perfect soldier. Now, before I go into anything, uh, I like the cutscene a lot. I think when I wrote these notes and when I first played it, I, I comfortably feel like Noel is sort of like the best part of this game as far as just his his purpose, his, like we sort of talk about him, like he's the Winter Soldier, which I love that. Like Winter Soldier is one of my favorite of the Marvel movies. Um, I like the concept that he is, because this is not a spoiler, because they do pretty quickly learn during the fight with that when in the fight that null is gray fox we learn in this you know few minutes that we're fighting him in cutscenes. um so we we fans of the series gray fox is almost he's probably like the most popular not like main character or someone you talk to on the codex a ton like he is like he's badass like uh and to learn clearly why he's good even in the cybernetic suit He's also been fucking programmed to be the Winter Soldier, essentially. He, 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 it's crazy. And he is who was in that, you know, that medical bay that um, Elisa was talking to us about. So we have a pretty dope little cutscene, and I enjoy, like, their, their banter. So, he, you know, we learn that he knows who he is, pretty common thing. And we learn a little bit about just, like, he, he was, you know, he gets awakened to complete his mission, which at the moment is fucking murder big boss. <laughs> Uh, and then he gets, you know, wiped and thrown back in the med bay and he has to like sort of like chemically be induced. Um, before we go into the boss fight, I'll say I absolutely love that as soon as the boss fight starts, Null is already shooting at you mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. I, I was loved really good that, too. It was a thing I loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I real I really did like I is oh, okay, at least as far as the design point I loved. It. I don't know as far as making the fight fun. Um but I just thought it was like so fucking cool that he he's like he's already fucking ready to go. Um and he's got a dope sword which again, now that we know, you know, when you start to process like who he is, he clearly, you know, Gray Fox always had a sword from when we've, you know, played all the way back to the OG games. So I like that a lot. The fight itself um I don't know. It, it didn't feel so bad. It, I didn't get to do the cool knock him out because it was a little harder just because I didn't have the sort of means like I did in the Python fight. Like you can hide from them, but they're not, it's not small pillars. It's like long buildings and, and containers. So you can sort of do that, but he constantly is shooting at you like constantly. So I, my like sort of loop was like, Ocelot taught me well. I wait for the reload and I'll take him out. That'll be the best I can do. And I was I ended up sort of following the shotgun Willie concept. I could either, you know, stun him, knock him down, and use that as sort of my way to do it. I didn't want to cheese him, but I ha- I had to. Like it just wasn't it didn't click with me to like get the loop down fast enough. Cause when you go to come at him, he like uses the sword to fuck you up as well, which does more damage than the gun, which is mm-hmm. weird. Um, but accurate. <laughs> um so Outside of my thoughts on this, Tori, what do you have about the Null fight? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I relied on a little bit of walkthrough for this because I stumbled across the... I don't know if it was the Mosin Nagant or if it was just a regular sniper rifle. Uh, the name for which I cannot remember. Uh, but I found that in one of my first, I would say, two or three attempts at this boss. And I thought, oh, great. Okay, so I just watch him walk around 
and snipe at him a little bit. Uh, the unfortunate consequence of taking that first shot is that he knows exactly where you are. So that worked yep. for all of two <laughs> seconds. And yep. I had to revisit my strategy, um, i.e. revisit a walkthrough. And eventually I got into a pattern that can only be described as uh, shotgun willy, styly. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Chris? What do you got? Well, uh, this one was, I thought, easier than the last one, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, so I used like a guide to kind of help me through some of this. And I just wanted to read you the first line of this boss fight. <laughs> the the <laughs> okay. first sentence. Uh, if you have the M870 shotgun, you already won the battle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So he'll like shoot it's true. and you just hide behind the pillar and you pop around with <laughs> the shotgun and it knocks him down in one hit and takes a huge chunk of his health. Mm-hmm. I just rinsed and repeat that. Hmm. And yeah, I guess I never thought it, but it is. It did make it easy. It definitely yeah. made it easy. I don't think I was glad to on this fight. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Nice. What did, what did we think of his like design, like his look? Because oh, I, I personally fucking loved it. I'm say what? Right? What the fuck is on his face? <laughs> yeah, he's wearing, he's wearing a mask, dude. Yeah. Well, it reminds me. It reminded me first of um, Cyborg Raiden from Metal Gear Solid Four, and then sure. a little bit. I because of that, I thought, well, he looks a lot like Rykov because that would be more appropriate in the timeline. I'm so sure he's not Rykov, but it's just his, his face had a similar design. He's got the blonde hair. Um, that's just who I thought of first, but otherwise like his, his suit, um, or his, I don't know what you call it that he's wearing really, but, um, I thought it held up for this series. It, it, it matches the overall aesthetic. I think for a suit, you might find somebody like, like, Hold on. N- are we on? No, thank God. Okay, I almost called him Python again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys, I'm struggling this episode. Okay. Uh, it, it makes sense for for what a character like him would be rocking, I think. Yeah, he's got like a, a pretty dope, like sort of like low-key anime look to him, mm-hmm. like a Naruto villain or something. Um. And I like that. I, I think the design looks pretty dope. I love the concept. I like the the splash of color. He's got like a red sleeve mm-hmm. and like a black sleeve, which I don't understand why, but why I don't not? Know, it looks cool. And he's got like that dope. He does like that spin move. Mm-hmm. He keeps like the, the sword sort of close to his chest and he can like spin to get you out. Like if you're close, it basically renders CQC like no you no jesus terrible pun <laughs> um but it like does like there's no way you have to beat him at a distance if you're going to um except with the shotgun but uh but i liked it um as far as that what do you think of the look chris you vibing with it eh, it's okay that little face thing looks pretty uncomfortable to me it's uh pr- once again prophetic uh he's he's yeah. <laughs> one yeah. of the safe ones right I love it. So, we beat Noel, surprisingly. We do. Um, cunning, Cunningham. So we got a dope cutscene, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, this is when you learn that you recognize the fight style. You recognize that it's that kid from Mozambique. And again, everybody's got a history with Snake in this one. Um, so he calls him, you know, Gray Fox. So you kind of learn that there is still a man in there, but he's, you know, programmed at this point. So uh, they do that. Cunningham butts in, fucks with some shit. Um, he's still after every time he has to talk about the legacy. That's like his, his whole thing. It's um, his one legacy is to do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what's pretty interesting though, is that, uh, snake gets captured here and maybe we'll see a torture scene. I don't know, but our team scrambles like Roy is like, we've lost contact with snake. What are we going to do? We got to figure this shit out. Um, but unfortunately, we're not going to know if we're going to get him back just yet because our episode stops here. Well, before before so, we get into uh, 
end of the episode proper. Do can I ask? Uh, do we ever get any more details about Mozambique? Because once once their little bit of backstory came up, I realized I really knew little to nothing about it. No, I don't think so. Okay, I think that's really it. Um, everything does seem like just like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, you know, before what happens later. Like it's just more like it's not like crazy. Um, like even if you look them up, like, Hey, let, let's like, when we get to the character episode, the pre San Geronimo incident stuff is literally Frank Inger spent his early years fighting as a child soldier in Mozambique. Okay. There it is. Like there's really not, it's, there's not much there, but I think that's part of the lore. I don't think they wanted to like, why don't we make part of this game about gray Fox? I think they just were like, let's find a character that we can attack the psyche of snake in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, could be wrong, but that it didn't feel like like this game doesn't have to be about Frank Yeager. You know, we didn't need like what 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 motivates this boss, too, because we're going to get a lot from fucking Gene and Cunningham, you know? Well, in fact, uh, as as far as uh, Frank Yeager, I thought it was interesting, too, that I think it's Gene who calls out that uh, he's got the same code name as uh, the former support crew member of big bosses. Did you guys catch that Correct. line? Yeah, I did. And that actually became like a big, like lore, like in the message boards were like, wait, you know, what's this? Like, like it was interesting. Let's put it that way. I did catch it though. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, ultimately amounts to nothing within this game. It's just, just a little something there to make you go. Oh, I know. Agreed. I know who it is. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, totally. So, agree. according to the canon, I think Tori, your answer is that um, he does participate in the Mozambican Civil War mm-hmm. uh, for the Renamo. Okay. And it says that later on he's rescued in in Mozambique during the eighties. Uh, Jaeger's sister Naomi met Big Boss who would okay. later take them both to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this kind of gets into that territory where some of the fans are like, this game's not canon, you know? So right. maybe the details don't line up exactly. Which is yeah. a conversation that I think we'll be having with, with Ryan, hopefully the next time yeah. he comes to talk with us. Right, Right, because he has a sister who we'll meet later. Ryan does awesome. So, no, right. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, Frank, Frank's yeah. sister Naomi. Absolutely. So we're gonna, you know, it ha- it's allegedly gonna tie in. So yeah, that's certainly worth a uh, a particular question with Ryan. So I like that. So we good. What do you guys feel? You like that cliffhanger? Solid. Snake gonna make it out of this game alive. I think solid. it's a solid cliffhanger <laughs> i love it i think it's I love it. a naked cliffhanger uh, oh torture torture <laughs> i can't wait can't wait for that torture scene the the obvious and expected torture scene in essentially i think it's a metal gear staple i would say but we're not gonna talk about it tonight guys sorry y'all so you're gonna Aww. hear that on the next episode of Metal Gear Monday's Revengeance Portable Ops Edition. So. This does wrap up an episode. I would like to thank everyone for who has listened, downloaded. Uh, if you have the opportunity, please rate and review. It would go a long way with the almighty algorithm. Uh, if you want to go to find some merch, we're at bit.ly slash MGM store. We are at Metal Gear Mondays on everything except Twitter because of the damn character limit. So we're Metal Gear Monday. 
outside of that, Patreon slash Metal Gear Mondays, we again absolutely appreciate it. We are continuing to find ways to engage and sort of make it worth a patron's while to support us. And we want to show our gratitude as best we can. So we very much appreciate that. Outside of that, Tori, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can primarily find me in the Discord. Lately, uh, I've been making a greater effort to get in there and and see what's going on and interact with everybody. Uh, other than that, you could potentially catch me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, but I'm mostly updating our shows, uh, social feeds there. So I don't know. You could just try uh, shouting young Neil into the ether and see if, if I pick it up on my end. All right. And what about you, Chris? The interwebs. I'm all over the internet, but you can find me in the bio section of metalgearmondays.com or oh, yeah. there it is. in the discord. I love it. Uh, you can find me at Warren Minix on all of the social platforms. If that's not your thing, you like gamer tags, I'm untaggable gamer. Um, I will also say uh, thanks to anybody that watches us through YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Um, I would say consider subscribing only because if we sort of catch more subscribers, we may sort of uh, do some stuff on YouTube as well to do that. We just, in a lot of our banter and chats we've learned that the audio feed is the preferred feed um, with some things I know that the interviews tend to do a little bit better on YouTube um, but if you're on YouTube pl uh, feel free to reach out and like I said if anybody's listening to this consider subscribing and if we see a few more subscribers it would certainly uh, motivate us to throw on some you know extra stuff on the uh, on the video end when it comes to YouTube um, outside of that though guys I think it's time to let her rip, Jack. <laughs>